0: episode 56 of At Home With Brethney. I'm recording this in my new office and I'm conscious that the acoustic might be a little bit echoey. Um, I'm motivated to make this podcast um, really by a call that I had with a client who had booked me for a one-hour coaching session and they were torn between bidding on t- one, two, They had two properties they had in mind and they were wondering about which one to bid on. And when they told me the two properties and I looked them up online, I realized in my head there wasn't the slightest doubt. As to which property they should run screaming from and which property they should bid on. So because it was so crystal clear to me it kind of blew my mind that this wasn't crystal clear to them and I'll start by giving you a bit of an outline of the kind of property they were considering bidding on, one of them versus the other one, and then I'm going to go through eight points about the general lie of the land ideally what you're looking for if you're buying a property, how you would like it to physically lie on its piece of land. So just the anecdotal bit first. The clients um, booked me for my one-hour session. They described the houses that they were bidding on. When I googled them, One was between the sea, and when I mean between the sea, it had the sea right at its back door and to the front of it it had a double yellow line and a railway track um, and a very small garden. So basically that house is extremely under pressure. In my view it's hardly even a site. I wouldn't even call the site that it's sitting on a site because there's just so much pressure on that property. It has a busy sea that's getting higher and higher all the time behind it. It has a railway track right in front of it and it has double yellow lines and a busy road which will always be blocked at the level crossing in front of that house and I thought no way would I ever consider bidding or buying Um, that house bidding on or buying that house whereas when you compare it to the other house they were considering which was a very nice house uh, nicely positioned on a hill but not a steep hill uh, with good views with nothing obviously compromising its site position there was just a no-brainer as far as I concerned run screaming from one and run absolutely towards the other so, because of that um, moment and that conversation, I thought maybe I should just share my thoughts on the whole subject of, um, the land on which a property is built, and I have outlined eight points I'd like to make. So here we go. The first thing is a property on a slope. Now I'm talking about properties on a particularly steep slope. For example, sometimes there are houses in Hoth that are built, you drive up a steep drive to the property or you dive, drive down a steep drive. Um, they can be risky houses to live in. or more challenging houses to live in during bad weather e.g icy weather it means you might actually slide down your driveway your handbrake may not work it may be difficult to physically drive into your driveway either up or down depending on the slope because it's just so physically icy and usually when you have a property on a slope as well as that not only do you have um Icy potential parking issues and slippage. You also are likely to have to need to step your gardeners and create different levels in your garden, and that can require decking, um, and a lot of groundwork, which is very expensive. And so, first you've got the expense of groundwork, literally to create levels out of the garden so that you can actually use it instead of falling down it or having to climb up it, um, and the second thing is, when you have when you create levels in a garden, the chances are you need to use some kind of material to retain those levels or create those levels, e.g. decking. And decking can weather badly and can need to be treated regularly and has ongoing cost and upkeep implications. So from that point of view, it also can be dangerous for children or for old people slipping. And generally, slopes, steep slopes, add a bit of a dangerous wildcard element to a property site which if you don't actually need to have why not just do away with that just don't go there don't buy a property that's on a steep slope and just minimize all the troubles you'll have so that's the first thing the second thing is flooding from the river or the sea now it's there's often a clue in the name perhaps your road is called watercourse road or mill road or sea view or whatever and that'll give you an indication even if it's not obvious that this road has water attached to the site there's there's water around the site sometimes it's perfectly obvious you've literally got the sea in your back garden but basically it's worth checking Uh, has the property flooded and the very least you can do is ask the estate agent to confirm with the vendor if the property is flooded before Um, and you can check then with the council or the county council have there been any works done to alleviate the risk of future flooding and if you're not at all sure about flooding and the agent doesn't know you can always check the actual height above sea level of a property by downloading the google earth map on your phone or on your laptop and dropping a little man in front of the property of interest to you and then on the bottom right hand of the screen it'll tell you how high above sea level the property is and obviously if you're not high above sea level, if you're not even a metre above sea level you might consider whether or not in the future, if you're close to a water source, this property might flood in the future. So that's there's floods.ie as well as a way of checking out um, flooding, but I have to say I haven't yet found a really useful, easy interface for checking out flood zones in ireland i know there are plenty of uh there's plenty of information available but it's very hard in my view to access it so that's the second thing flooding the third thing is is the site under pressure and by under pressure i mean by public roads for example recently clients of mine rented not bought a house that had a public road at the front of it A busy road at the front of it and a busy road at the back of it now my clients were hardy Parisians they didn't mind lots of traffic everywhere but it wouldn't be a property that I would um, particularly advise anyone to buy because it it just feels like there's no rest for that property it's got a main road immediately at the back gate of the house and a main road immediately at the front gate of the house and that to me is a property under pressure from traffic and I wouldn't be advising clients to buy it. Um, The fourth thing is when a house hits a road or a pavement too quickly sometimes what you've got are old terraces of red brick houses that once upon a time were on a quiet road but the roads have been widened and things have changed and now those houses are on a very busy road and uh, houses that spring to mind are houses, say, brick terraced houses on the Rock Road in uh, Blackrock. they're lovely houses but they're extremely exposed to the traffic right outside their front door. They can really hit the road very quickly, as in you walk out your front door and maybe The pavement isn't very wide and more or less before you're out the door you're nearly on the road so i think that's a quality in a house that i don't love where you really have very little transition space between a busy public road and the front door of your house and by transition space i mean either a wide path um perhaps public parking available on the road outside the house which gives you just one more screen from passing traffic so ideally you'd have a public car a parking spot outside your house um, you'd have a wide path or you'd have ideally ideally you'd have off-street parking in front of your house or you'd have a porchway into your house you just have a few layers between you and the busy traffic outside your house um so the fifth thing is if your site is exposed on two flanks now this is slightly different to having a road at the front and a road at the back this is a house uh, an example of this is something I came across in Rialto when I was looking at properties with a client it was a lovely house it had a peaceful road to the front a very residential calm road with lots of parking to the front and off-street parking and at the back it had a public park directly over the back wall. Now, in theory, that could be a nice thing, but really the effect of it, the feeling in the house, was that there was no proper landing in the house. The house wasn't really snuggled into its site with its rump up against a secure boundary. It felt exposed on two boundaries. You You had the exposure to the front with your quiet residential road, And then once you were in the house itself, you also had exposure to the back where you had the public park straight over the wall. So in my view, it wasn't a house you would settle in. It felt overly, um, it just felt like you couldn't properly land or arrive there. And my clients felt the same thing and we didn't go ahead to buy that property. So that's number five. Number six. Is that the site is compromised by infrastructure? For example, the site has for uh, double yellow lines outside the front, so no one, no one visiting you will ever be able to park easily outside your house. Perhaps it has a traffic island in front of your house and a one-way street which means that any time you want to leave your house, you're always going to get funneled into a one-way system. And any time you want to come home, you're always going to have to go around a one-way system to get to your house. So those kind of infrastructural um, pressures on a house are just, they may not be a deal breaker for you, but they're definitely worth considering when you're buying a property that every day, just because of the traffic flow or the infrastructure you're going to have to do an extra loop or people aren't going to be able to park outside your house or perhaps there's a bus stop outside your house so you're going to have more people gathering perhaps more of a risk of litter and of noise from the bus stop Um, you might have a bin outside your house not a very pleasant thing Uh, you might have a lamp physically attached to your house a public lighting lamp Or you might have a lamppost right at the entrance to your driveway which might make it difficult to reverse in and out of the house so these are what i'd call infrastructural pressures on the site um, that your house is built on and again they're not necessarily deal breakers but they're definitely something to keep your eyes out for and they are something that you might pay more attention to when you do a drive-by of your property without ever physically walking into the property, just literally drive by it. Because somehow when you're on a visit and you know you're going to view the property, you tend to be very focused on getting in that front door and less focused on looking at the surrounding site that the house is built on and the neighbors and the road, etc. So my suggestion is that these drive-by viewings are very useful for just simply surveying the lie of the land. Um so number 7 is if the site or uh, that the property is built on is under pressure from local attractions and by under pressure I mean under pressure for parking um and I'm thinking specifically of main venues such as the Aviva or Croke Park you might happen to go and see the property on a lovely um day over summer and there are no events scheduled at all or indeed on a lovely covid day where there's nothing public happening and you mightn't realize that this property is seriously under pressure from a parking point of view when something happens locally and when life gets back to normal that thing is more likely than not to be happening e.g concerts um, uh, trade shows etc schools when schools are back in action etc uh, etc et so uh, see what pressures your the site you're interested in is under from parking and local events and local attractions and the final one uh, the final point about a site is is the site overdeveloped and by overdeveloped I mean You may remember during the boom in Dublin and in Ireland in general, developers tended to develop sites quite intensively, e.g. they would buy a site, say, in the likes of Carrick Mines, and instead of building what you might expect to find in Carrick Mines, e.g. a house with a front garden and a back garden and off-street parking and a bit of space and side access, they didn't. They built perhaps three or four-storey houses in terraces, with very little outside space front or back and often no off-street parking um, but parking in a car park the development so in my view that's a site that has been overdeveloped because usually when people buy a four-bedroomed house they're usually buying it because they have a family and when people have families they usually have quite a few moving parts it wouldn't be unreasonable to expect a family to have buggies and scooters and lots of shopping to bring in and if they have all these things and they're buying a house that's basically on what I would call an overdeveloped site it means they're always looking um, for a free space in the development if they don't have an allocated space and they have a bit of a walk from their allocated car park space to their front door and that's not always lovely in a rainy day or where you have a sleeping child who you might just like to leave sleeping in the car while you're sitting at the front door uh, keeping an eye on them or whatever so i would call those sites that have an awful lot of levels that are built in a terrace that don't have off-street parking and don't have back gardens i'd call them overdeveloped i'd call the site an overdeveloped site so there are my thoughts today about the lie of the land i hope you found it useful i know you may know that um I am available to book for one-hour consultations and also to act as your personalized property finder when if you're looking for a property to buy or to rent in Dublin. And I'm also now including counties surrounding Dublin as part of my search uh, locations because obviously due to COVID people have a slightly different set of criteria when it comes to buying houses and many people are more open to moving to a rural village that's close to dublin so there are my thoughts for the day on sites on the lie of the land i hope you found it useful and thank you as always for listening and i really appreciate your feedback it makes a huge difference to me to get feedback from people thank you